Are you ready? Yeah. Are you with it? Yeah. Okay, let's go. You know what to do. The whole world's watching and counting on you. And all you people listening out there, everybody, everywhere. Hang on, hang on, hang on! Welcome to Checkered Past, a loving postmodern examination of the Go-Go Check branded comic magazines published by DC Comics between February 1966 and August 1967. I'm Dr. Bob, and each week I'll be your guide on this trippy tour through 535 mid-century masterpieces of graphic noveldom. This week, Action Comics number 337, cover date May 1966, cover price 12 cents, cover artists Kurt Swan and George Klein, edited by Mort Weisinger, featuring From Riches to Rags, written by Leo Dorfman, art by Al Plastino, and The Green Sun Supergirl, written by Otto Binder, art by Jim Mooney. Are you ready? Are you with it? Then away we go-go! Superman falls under a strange compulsion to take on various roles while performing his duties. He stops a crime while acting as a rich man, pretends to be a poor to elicit government support for a slum project, captures two thieves while dressed as an Indian chief, impersonates an attorney to stop a killer, and fakes an operation on Clark Kent acting as a doctor. Meanwhile, Supergirl helps the government test a new spacesuit. During the mission, a warp stream carries her probe to another solar system, which has a green sun. Confused? Don't worry. I'll be right back with Dr. Husband to explain everything. Oh, how I wish I weren't in love with Superman. A wasted life is all I've got with Superman. To hope that it could ever be is just a schoolgirl's fantasy Oh, is there no one else for me But Superman Does he ever hold me? Has he ever told me he could care? Another man Someone to give my love to As I know I can A homie type will stay around A guy with both feet on the ground But till he comes my heart is bound
Hey, buddy. Buddy? Yeah. Okay. Can you yeah. spare a dime? <laughs> I'm pretending to be a panhandler. Me too. I'm pretending to be a hobo. Listen Isn't to this. Isn't it fun to pretend to be poor? Oh, we are poor. Hey, what do you got there? I am drinking a uh, Flying Dog Brewery Raising... Mmm. Raging Bitch IPA. Uh-huh. Did mine get lost in the mail? <laughs> Yours is down in the annex fridge, Bob. Well, I'm recording right now. I can't be running off to the annex fridge. Mm. Um, I guess it's funny that I just said we were poor, and yet we have two refrigerators. We're right. a two-refrigerator family. We are. Um, we're looking at Action Comics number. Uh, to be truthful, that second refrigerator was the old refrigerator that was in the right, house. Right, right, right. The I original think everyone was 20 years old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Action Comics number 337, in which Superman... Fights crime as a millionaire and as a hobo. <laughs> What's going on? Let's dive in, shall we? Sure. Splash page. Superman. He's living in a tar paper shack with a sign on the front that says "Residence of Superman." Right. Help the needy. Help he's the got, needy. He's got holes his in his boots where his feet are sticking out. The yep. toes are sticking out. Uh, surrounded by. Passersby, Superman, Earth's greatest hero, acting like a panhandler. The Man of Steel living here in the slums, a beggar. Superman, don't shame our city this way. I dare say shaming the city is the point. Right. But let's see if my prediction bears fruit. Oh, but you haven't, we haven't read the oh, thing. Oh, sorry. Yeah. We've all heard stories about men who rose from poverty to wealth. But Superman pulls a switcheroo. He starts out as a millionaire, only to end up as a panhandler. He should run for president of the United States. What's <laughs> with the poverty bit? As the world's mightiest hero, Superman has powers which could make him the richest man on Earth. So why should he become a beggar? You'll never guess what weird destiny takes the Man of Steel from riches to rags. I was going to do that with you, but okay. Oh, sorry. That's okay. Let's go on. So, one day... Yes. As the infamous Tiger Gang raids a swank millionaire country club. In these nice little cat suits, aren't they? Those are fetching suits, except they went the to all hats. those trouble to make those tiger suits, and they just have, like, paper sacks over their head. Right? Well, they have these, like, burlap sacks with little kitten ears. Little, yeah. Yeah? One of them, and the guy in the lead in the front, uh-huh. he's a little paunchy. Yeah. Yeah, he's got a dad bod. Um, so the Tiger Gang is robbing the swank millionaire country club. They've described their hall as enough loot to open up their own private Fort Knox. <laughs> the last guy says, let's take a powder. I <laughs> uh, love that. Outside, Superman, wearing a top hat and gloves and a cane, pulls up in a limousine driven by Jenkins. How bizarre. A top hat, gloves, and a cane. Yeah. Yeah. So Superman spins the cane and... Well, the climb, so he's going in to what? To do some banking, I guess? No, it's a country club. He's, he's oh, there to stop that's the right, crime. That's right, 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 right. So as the club manager frees himself from his bonds, Superman says, thank heavens you responded. Or rather, um, the club manager says, Superman, thank heavens you responded to our alarm. Stop that gang. They're just holding up. They just held up our club. Right. So Superman spins the cane, whirls it at the escape vehicle of the criminals, which not only tears the trunk off of their car, but also knocks it into the pool. Oh, my goodness. Where he then flies over and bonks them on the head. Like, what's that game? Uh, Whack-a-mole. Whack-a-mole. He plays whack-a-mole, except they're in a pool, so they'll probably get concussions and drown. It's fine. (laughs) It's all they deserve. Uh, Tiger Gang is taken off to jail. Superman back in his limousine with no idea of 
why he was compelled to dress up like a millionaire. Very strange. And stop this crime. I love that whack-a-mole thing. That was awesome. Uh, home Jenkins. Home Jenkins. Meanwhile, in the back of the limousine, he thinks, strange. I could have nabbed that gang by simply ripping open the armored car with my fingertips. What made me put on this millionaire act? I wonder if anything like this will happen to me again. Spoiler alert. It's going to happen again. Yeah. So later, next- later, at the Daily Planet, where Superman works in his other identity of Clark Kent, the reporter... They should have put mild-mannered reporter at a great metropolitan newspaper. That's what right. everyone was expecting. Oh, like, I mean, did they use that same language from the from the television show in the comic? Mild-mannered and such? Uh, he was often called mild-mannered, yes, or a milk toast. In in the comics? Yeah, sure. Oh, okay. Um, it's not alliterative, though. Mild-mannered? Uh, of course, but milk toast and Superman. Well, mil- Superman's not the milk toast. Clark Kent's the milk toast. Ah, I see. Okay. Um, Perry White, who I guess is back from being a senator now, back as an editor. We don't really know when he returned, do we? No. Yeah. Uh, so the headline of the Daily Planet reads, City Hall delays funds for clearing Metropolis slums. Mm-hmm. Perry White agrees that the slums are a disgrace. We've got to convince the mayor and city council to have them torn down. Now, something's bothering me here. Are you going to say what I... Let me say first what I think you're going Mm -hmm. to say. I think we're both thinking about public housing and the fact that there are people living in the slums and they're going to bulldoze it without providing a solution. Right. The dog agrees downstairs. Yes. Um, They're going to build new housing there, but new modern housing. There's no mention of what the people who live in the slums who can't afford modern housing are going to do. Right. Nonetheless, the intrepid Metropolis reporters, well, so, Jimmy well, of course, let's back up just a second here. Clark Kent responds by saying, Perry's right. And I think Superman can do the convincing, right? So right, the next right, day, right, right, right. the reporters follow up. They follow up to find Superman in front of his shanty town <laughs> eating mulligan stew out of a kettle hanging over a makeshift fire pit. What's mulligan stew? Well, I, I looked this up, as a matter of fact. <gasps> Hobo is a 19th century term. They don't know where the origin, uh, where it originated, but uh-huh. it's a 19th century term describing someone that, you know, is like a homeless person. Uh-huh. And mulligan stew was, is associated with hobos, and it's basically a stew that is shared with people comprised of ingredients brought by those people. Think of stone soup, if you will, except it's called mulligan stew. Okay. Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, there's a great figure from popular culture of the early part of the 20th century who called himself a number one america's most famous hobo (laughs) and he uh wrote a book about his adventures riding the rails oh did he it's very interesting i've got a copy you do sure my goodness superman has decided to live here in the blighted area of town (laughs) in order to dramatize the need for slum clearance does that, I wonder if they just really call it that. So we're clearing the slums now. Yeah, I mean, I, it sounds I, like a Russian pogrom of the pogrom. 19th century. Is that how you pronounce it? I think it's pogrom, but it's Well, right. agree to disagree. There's no accent over it, so it could be either pogrom or pro, pro, pogrom. He's gone so far as to create f- cheap replicas of his boots so that he could rip holes in the toes. 
Boy, he went to a lot of work to do this. He must have a lot of time. I mean, think about this. Well, he's when got super speed. I cleaned the downstairs yesterday. Mm-hmm. I had to intentionally make time to do it. Sure. Right? This guy, Superman, is working at where Clark Kent, Superman, is working at the Daily Planet and decides, I'm going to do something about this. So he... He gets this whole elaborate scheme. His boots, the mulligan stew. He had to create all this. Oh, he does have super speed. Yeah, he? I just said that. I wasn't paying attention. I'm so sorry. Sorry about that. That's okay. Now, we also know that he has super strength. Mm-hmm. So these empty cans of baked beans or whatever he's eating, mm-hmm. he's most assuredly just popped open like Popeye, just squeezes the can and the lid pops off. But how do hobos open their cans? They don't have can openers at the ready, do they? Well, they probably do. That's something. It comes with the hobo kit. Well, if you can afford a can opener, you can afford a small one-room apartment, I would think. Uh, well, maybe not in Metropolis. Okay. <laughs> Bob! That's fine. What? If you can afford a can opener, you can afford a small one-bedroom apartment. Or like a I studio. think it's quite different. I don't think so. Uh, okay, so hobos. Have you seen the price of can openers? <laughs> they don't have electric can openers. No, those fancy ones that. No, no, no. They used to have those little jackknife things where you yeah. pop and you go around. Kicker, 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 kicker. That kicker, takes a long kicker. time. It does take a long time, but when you've got all the time in the world when you're homeless. <laughs> no, you've got to be out on the streets hustling. Hustling. Look at this wonderful uh, uh, sign he's wearing. Help the needy. Help the needy. Yeah. Uh, Superman acting like a panhandler. He'll make us the laughing stock of the country again. That's the point. Mm-hmm. Uh, He's even cooking a supper of mulligan stew. The following day, however, the slum bill has passed unanimously. Mm-hmm. That was quick mm-hmm. for government. Uh, and they're bulldozing it. <laughs> they're bulldozing it. I like how Superman's just flying overhead. Who's Superman who could raise the whole shanty town he as a seconds. matter of fact he mentions that here he says they cheered me because oh, he he he, he's, uh, he flies by the slums that are being demolished and someone actually has a sign that says slum bill passed unanimously uh, as if they were doing extra extra right, right? right and they also go hurrah for superman and he says they cheered me but they didn't realize i could have demolished these hovels by myself and built modern homes at super speed hovels Hmm, so why did I follow the urge to make another grandstand play as a panhandler? He's not in control of his own actions. No, he isn't. It's very curious, isn't it? That afternoon, Superman is summoned to a TV studio where... Superman, this is Sir Jeffrey Winston, the famous British attorney. He needs your help. What does what does Jeffrey Winston sound like? Uh, that's right, old chap. I'm visiting Metropolis to do a television series about my greatest cases. Tonight, I'm reenacting a trial in which I proved my client was innocent and that the real killer was a man named Blade Murdoch. Hmm. That's a great name, Blade Murdoch. Right. Also, you... Sir Jeffrey Winston is like six four. He's taller than Superman. All right, right. He says, "Hmm, I remember that case. After the guilty man was executed, his brother Gunner Murdoch swore to get revenge. Remember Gunner." Murdoch's uh-huh. Murdoch's brother followed me to America. He just sent me this note threatening to get me when I reenact that trial tonight. Relax, Sir Jeffrey. I have a plan. I also have one question for you, Sir Jeffrey. Are you a homosexual? No, certainly not. That's against the law in this period. <laughs> um, so, the show, which is apparently a live broadcast, is mm. happening that evening. Mm-hmm. Sir Jeffrey Winston is uh, 
showing. <laughs> I love this He's so much. He's got a tr- uh, like a silver tray full of the evidence. Right. And he says, and so I say that the murder weapon found in my client's room was planted there. But the fingerprints found in the bullets are those of the real killer, Blade Murdoch. So these Murdoch brothers, they're from England too as well. Yes. Right. Yeah, so, yeah. so you're going to do, do a, like a... Well, I don't, you've, you've had it, Winston. <laughs> yes! I'll teach you to sound off about my poor dead brother. Bro- <laughs> Sorry, wait, brother? 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 <laughs> Ah, what's <laughs> this? The blinking bullets are shredding his... Cl- oh, it's a bad. That's really bad. The blinking bullets are shredding his clothes, but the bloke doesn't doesn't even feel them. I Bob, Bob. It's like try. I can't do it. Are you going to try the accent then? Shut up. How are you? How are you? Blimey. <laughs> you must be Superman. <laughs> yeah, he's, he must be posh too. <laughs> he's not like, posh. No, he's What's not. This? The Lincoln bullets are shredding his clothes, but the bloke doesn't even feel them. No, Wait, where? no, no, no. He goes, "What is this? The Lincoln bullets are shredding his clothes, but the bloke doesn't even feel them." It yeah, doesn't, doesn't even. That. The bloke. For, 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 yeah. um, <laughs> it, no, you have to do the for, for, for a th. Um, it's like trying to shoot down a stone wall. Blimey! You must be Superman, the blighter with the invulnerable body. Right, right you are, Gunner, and I'm taking you in for attempted murder. No, that's, no, that's Superman. Superman. But he must have done the accent. Oh, wait, wait, wait. When he was Do Superman's be... voice, but with a bad accent. And so I say that. No, 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 the... no, no. Superman's voice, he has a deep voice. And so I say <laughs> that the murder weapon found in my client's room was planted there. But the fingerprints found on the bullets are those of the real killer, Blade Murdoch. <laughs> and the... <laughs> This is lovely. Okay, Next so morning, morning at the Daily Planet. Yeah, yes. Daily Planet. Superman foils murder plot. How I tricked the would-be assassin. Superman's exclusive story as told to Clark Kent, who is secretly Superman, as we know. Yes. Uh, still, Superman has no idea why he dressed as Sir James Winston. It's like, what, what, what's going to happen next? impulse makes me adopt a new role on each mission. I wonder what will be next. When uh, I was reading this, yeah, and I got to this next panel, uh-huh. I had a WTF moment. Okay, I was like, w- "Are there no limits to this? <laughs> this is the worst." Just honestly, like, it, we've seen worse, have we? Yeah, with the uh, Viet Cong in the Army comics. Oh, right, and, the, and what is that? That sidekick of Hal Jordan's chopstick, pie face, pie face. <laughs> Justin, I'm sorry. No, I, it's just it's equally as derogatory. So okay, so a day later, a day later. Clark flies out to the Indian to, to Indian, Indian country. country. <laughs> what? Which co- Indian country? Well, <laughs> they're all the same apparently in 1966. Yeah. There's right? just uh, one big plot of land where right? all the Indians where all the live. Indians don't don't bother to honor their tribes or their unique uh, contributions to history or anything like that or their uniqueness as a culture. Right. Just, he just flies out to Indian country. We'll just assume it's the Dakotas, maybe. You know? Where I am, I am <laughs> Princess Pale Flower. First of all, they don't, do they have princesses in Indian uh, tribes? Well, I don't think so. I, but I, I'm, I'm not going sure to not. pretend to be a, a. I mean, an authority on this. I do have a problem with. I'll get to it in a second. Okay, Princess Pale Flower. Whenever, whenever a drought hmm. strikes our reservation. 
which is always because Indians were given the worst land on the planet. Absolutely. My people perform this pole ritual used by our ancestors. <laughs> I've got a pole ritual of my own, sweetheart. <laughs> Stop. So we set up the sacred pole on that rock. Yeah. And where the morning sun casts the shadow of the spear, there we dig for water. Yeah. And he says, my x-ray vision shows the super spear would point to the ancient riverbed with water bearing strata below. That's what Superman says. Right. This is what I have a problem with. Go ahead. So I also have another question. Mm-hmm. They always set up the pole on the same rock. Right? We set up the sacred pole on that rock. Oh, so they always and, dig in the same place? Right. Well, it depends upon what time of year it is. But still, if there's water under the ground, any place they dig in that mile radius is going to have water. Well, and also, um, does the sun cast the shadow of the spirit a certain time? Or is it like when she says morning sun? So I'm assuming uh, sunrise. Okay. So as the crowd turns away briefly, these two hooligans. Yes, Steve and I don't know, what are we? Bruce. Steve and Bruce. Those are both gay names. Well, look Bruce at what is definitely wearing. a gay name. Yeah. Okay, so he says, I was right, Steve. This pole is made of pure jade. Pure jade. Second so they're gonna all, they're gonna make a jade uh, jade is fragile. Also right? you is carve there it. Jade a, in North America? I do not know. I always associated jade with China with the Far East. Yeah. Right? So it's it's made of pure jade and it's worth a fortune. They drive this pole into this jade pole into the ground. Right? No, it says they set it no, up. No, I mean, well, they set it up, right? Yeah. So later on, they're, they're going to run away with it, this uh-huh. gigantic pole. Uh-huh. All they have to do is tip it or hit it on something, and the damn thing's going to shatter. Okay. Right? But they've thought of that because they have a motorcycle that they're carrying it on, which is practical and uh, easy to maneuver a motorcycle with a giant pole under your arm, right? You mm-hmm. ride a motorcycle. Uh, but you don't do it the way that they're doing it. Two people on one motorcycle holding the, the weight forward uh-huh. like that. No. That doesn't. Like a lance. No. Is that not? No. Well, what nope. about? Um, no, especially if you're driving, if you're, if you're riding your motorcycle across a pipeline. It's a an pipeline. abandoned pipeline, Rob. Please be specific. <laughs> it's a round pipe over now, a canyon. What about um, actual motorcycle jousting? How do they? Oh, my God. I'd love to do that. If I had protective body armor and I was thinner and more muscular and I can handle the, the the actual lances hitting my body, God, would I love to do that. Do you have a jade pole? I wouldn't do it with a jade pole, for God's sake. One shatter and the thing would come right through your body. Well, no, you said it would shatter. Well, I mean, it could shatter into shards and the shards are sharp. It's practically glass. <laughs> Listen, let's talk about what happens here. So the guy's... Well, everybody's turned around. They take and they call them redskins, which I hate. Okay, it is, well, we're in an area of the world that's guilty of that. Right. So they say, suppose the redskins follow us on their horses. We'll be dead pigeons, right? So they take off with their with this jade pole. First of all, it's uh, like bigger than they are. No, sorry. Third of all, it's 1966. I, they have cars on the reservation. Well, exactly. There, I, we didn't even get to the next panel, which is that the Indians chase them on horseback. Dressed up in what appears to be very traditional costumes, which I assume is related to the ritual that they're right, doing. Right. That's what I'm uh, – I mean, it's not. They just thought all Indians dressed that way. But we now – Don't hold your breath, think. folks. We ain't done with this yet. So <sighs> the princess and the warriors can't possibly catch those thieves, Superman thinks. I have an idea, but first I'll have to go back to the village at super speed. 
and fly back in this Indian chief feathered warrior headdress. Once again, in costume. In a bow and arrow, in a uh, leather satchel on his shoulder. Mm -hmm. Well, that's his quiver. Right. Mm -hmm. So uh, the thieves are mid-pipeline on their motorcycle. Superman grabs the end of the pipeline and whips it like a snake. Like you would a blanket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And they take off into the air. Superman flies up. Catches the jade pole. Catches the jade pole. And then uses his super aim And super speed. And super speed to fire arrows at the crooks and pin them to the tree. I love that trick. That's great. Uh, The two trees, which are the only vegetation we've seen yet in Indian country. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Anyway... They're, of course, grateful for Superman digging them a well. Exactly. She says, uh, keep that borrowed war bonnet, for we voted to make you an honorary chief, says the princess. Um, Now, I wonder if this is where Apache chief lives, because he was an Indian, so he must have come from this same Does Apache chief wear underwear? Um, Or some sort of, you know, covering? Right. I... When he makes himself giant, right. everybody gets to, you know... I mean, I don't... See his business. I, I don't know. Okay. So, Superman uh, runs away, yeah. uh, and he says, Galloping galaxies, am I losing my marbles? Now, there's your alliteration. Oh, yes, there we go. Um, why do I get these ridiculous whims to adopt different disguises? What's the next switch I'll be compelled to try? Superman, Superman, fate has already chosen your next startling role. Yes, so there's a criminal who's got out of the Hooskow, and uh, he's... You know he's a criminal because he's got a torn sleeve in his shirt, and he's reading the newspaper, and he's pointing a gun at the newspaper. Right. So he wants to kill Superman in revenge for putting him in jail, but he can't kill Superman because Superman's invulnerable. So he decides he's going to kill Superman's good friend, Clark Kent. Mm-hmm. Uh... Clark Kent, the following day, is at lunch with Lois Lane, and the criminal and bursts in, fires a gun. All right, Kent, this is a pay up. Oh, let me tell No, him. he's American. No, no, it's Gunnar Murdoch. It's the same guy who was arrested for, for, for firing him during the television shoot. Are you sure? Yes, I looked it up. It just says a vicious criminal has escaped custody. Lois Lane says... Oh, I wasn't paying attention to Lois because she's a woman, and what oh. she says is not important. <laughs> Stop it! <laughs> so he says, all right, Kent, this is a payoff. I, oh, that's awful. That's an awful accent. You want to try it? Oi, Kent! Oh, yes. This is the payoff. I wish I could do the same to your pal Superman. <laughs> is he Australian now? No, Australia would be... Uh, oh, hey, oh. <laughs> Come on, you can do it. You can do it. <laughs> clack, clack. Clark Kent. Oh, wait, Clark Kent. Wait, 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 Clark Kent. This is the payoff. I. Oh, no, I can't do it. It's oh, Gunnar Murdoch. This is a payoff. I wish I could do the same with your old pal Superman. Super. Super. Superman. Oh, I can't do it. Super. Super. Superman. You know, I did. Back in the day, I, uh-huh. I, I did professional theatre, yes. and I played Freddy in My Fair Lady, yes. but of course I wasn't one of those Cockney people. I, no. was, I was educated. The funny thing is, I could sing in Cockney. Yeah. I mean, albeit like Dick Van Dyke Cockney. Which would still, be horrible. 
No, it's uh, it's fine for singing purposes. I'm sure. As the police nab the fugitive, uh, Lois says, well, Clark, so we have wounded. to go back to... But, oh, oh, okay, okay. Because the bullet hit the bottle of ketchup that yes. was in front of Clark. Heinz ketchup, by the way, um, looks like. And so he's got ketchup stain on his shirt, so it looks like Clark has been shot in the chest. Okay, so I just want to pause for a second yeah. and say, up till now, I loved this comic for its campiness and uh-huh. ridiculousness. And then when we turn the page with, with, with what's about to happen, I thought this story went off the rails. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Okay. So Lois rushes with Clark in an ambulance to the hospital <laughs> saying, don't worry, Clark, I'll take you to Metropolis Hospital where I'm a volunteer nurse. Now, we knew that information already. She's been seen as a nurse before. You're a nurse. You make a difference. She's going to get the best surgeons on the staff to remove the bullet. Mm -hmm. So it's a good thing that you're friends with Lois, because if you're not, you're not getting the best surgeons. Right. And he thinks, thanks, Lois. Groan. Yeah. How do I get out of this spot? So they're in the ER. Lois says that Dr. Stacy and Dr. Vaughn are going to operate, but they have to x-ray him first. Gulp. Gulp. X-rays can't penetrate my invulnerable body. I have doubts about that. It'll be a dead giveaway to my Superman identity. Wait, I have an idea. So he uses his... Calling Dr. Stacy, Dr. Vaughn and Nurse Lois Lane report to surgery at once. That's amazing. How did you project your voice like that? Do you have super ventriloquism like Superman? Mm -hmm. Uh, Yes, he uses super ventriloquism to page Lois and the doctors away from the room. By the time they return, he is now dressed as Superman with a surgical gown on, uh, who explains that I took care of everything myself. I heard that Clark was injured and I decided to operate myself. So he's heading behind the curtain <laughs> to operate, where we now learn that Superman is a graduate surgeon and has legal powers to operate. A Superman surgeon in the Mermaid Metropolis, Lois Lane, number 12. Yeah. I cannot believe that. Well, it's true. <sighs> Superman could do anything. That's why they call him Superman. He says, because Superman says, stand back. Clark's my friend and nobody's going to operate on him but me. Right. And then the doctor says, but Superman... You have no medical license. You're wrong, Doctor. Superman's a graduate surgeon and has legal powers to operate. What? This is why. No. No. I mean, I know it's written in the story, but. Right. No. This is. Was this really necessary? Well, it is because otherwise his secret identity would be revealed to the world. Do you want that? Okay, Even well, that's, that that's I'm, exactly what's just. So happened. I'm going to believe. So he uses super ventriloquism to get Lois and the doctor out of the room. Then he switched right. clothes. Then he, yeah. then he says. Then he says down here next. I'll put him to sleep with super hypnosis. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I'll put him to sleep with super hypnosis. Now I'm using my X-ray vision to guide my scalpel. Right. Fantastic. He's an anesthetist, X-ray specialist, and surgeon rolled into one. A one-man Mayo Clinic. Right. Whatever. I whatever checks out perfectly to me. And on the next page, after all that surgery, after right. the incredible accuracy that he did, uh, that he performed, uh-huh. he bumps into the tray uh, the full of medical, medical instruments and knocks them to the floor. Right. Uh, again, this is all in service I know to projecting I know his it's, secret it's a ruse to I know. He knocks over the tray full of instruments and asks Lois and the doctor to pick them up. 
while they're doing that, he flies out the window, flies back in the other window, which is behind the curtain, to get back into bed as a shirtless Clark Kent. Hey! Uh, Miraculous! Superman operated without even leaving a scar! That's a good doctor's voice. Thank you. And thanks to his super surgery, I'm fully recovered. I can leave the hospital at once. Bye! (laughs) (laughs) Now we get some sort of clue as to what is going on with Superman. Right. He still has no idea why he pulled the doctor's act. He could have just told Lois that the bullet missed him Mm -hmm. and hit the ketchup bottle. Right. Um, I'll flip out if I don't find the answer. So he walks by the playground. He says, wait, those kids are playing games in the park. They remind me of something. Hmm. I remember now. Great galaxies. I'll check this out at once. Yes. His telescopic vision confirms his theory. And if his guess is right, he knows what role he's going to play next. So he flies down to the FBI. The Federal Bureau of Investigation. The very headquarters right here in Washington, D.C., I should imagine. Isn't that strange that the door to the inspector's office is written, that the lettering to the door so on the glass door is written so that we can read it, which so that he can read it as he goes in out, as he goes out of his office. Right, so that the, his it title should be reversed. and everything. Right, right, right. But I always like to, to see, um, you know, if I'm at work and it's a tough day, I like to look up and see, hey... I'm the Inspector General of the FBI. <laughs> Wouldn't so, you like that? No. Maybe there's a plaque on the outside that tells the public where to find him. Hmm. So Superman needs help from the FBI. He can't tell him why. He can only tell him that I'm relying on you to stop me from stealing. There's a force that's going to force me to steal, and I need the FBI to stop me. Only you can help me. You're my only hope. How is the FBI going to do anything against Superman? They must know Superman's weaknesses. Hell, everybody knows Superman's weaknesses by now. So uh, the head of the FBI picks up the Daily Planet, who everyone in the world reads, and sees that a multi-million dollar bullion shipment. I thought that said billion for a minute. I was confused. I did. I, I, I did too. Yeah. A multi-million dollar bullion shipment, gold bullion, of course, is headed for U.S. Mint. So he figures that's what Superman's going to steal. Mm-hmm. So he lines secret compartments all around the train car because that's how all gold is transported by train, open air train cars. I guess. Um, and he plants kryptonite nuggets inside these secret compartments. And if Superman attacks, he will remote control, but via remote control, open these compartments to expose Superman to green kryptonite. Right. Suddenly, here comes a strange aircraft, aircraft. which looks like a, a shoehorn with a propeller on top. Well, I was going to say a dildo. Oh, Bob. On top of a Roomba. We can do better than that. Well, it's, it is ribbed. For, for flight pleasure. For someone's pleasure. <laughs> okay. Uh, this helicopter is being piloted by Superman. It flies down. It has a suction power on the front of it. Yes. And it sucks all the kryptonite out of the train and flies off. <gasps> that reminds me. You know what I'd like to see soon? What? Spaceballs. Oh, really? Do you remember when the giant maid robot uh, yes. <laughs> vacuums out the atmosphere? Voiced by Joan Rivers. God rest her soul. God rest her soul. Uh, so the helicopter flies off, dumps the kryptonite in the middle of the ocean, where it'll be harmless. 
Superman returns to explain his strange behavior. He is now free of the compulsion to steal. And uh, he explains that he saw some young fellows playing the popular game, Rich Man, Poor Man, Beggar Man, Thief. I've never heard of this. You haven't? Have you? Yes. No, seriously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you, you swear to God. Yeah. Well, I'm slightly older than you. Four and a half years. Now, it's not... I didn't know that it was a game. I thought it was just like a little rhyme that you just said. Yeah, apparently you, you point at the buttons on your friend's shirt. Yeah. And you say, rich man, poor man, beggar man, thief. And then it continues Doctor, on. Doctor, lawyer, Indian, Indian chief. Um, and so however many buttons you have is where that you land. That's what your fate in life is, right? Right. Um. Yeah, I never knew it being played with the buttons. What? The bumblebee toting. <laughs> oh, I thought of that too. Everyone out there in Radio Land. When I was a lad, my grandmother and her sister, Aunt Sue, used to play a game with had you. Had this torturous little game. They would put their bony little index fingers up in the air and spin them around and say, As you were laying on your back. Yes. yes. There was an old bumblebee lived in a barn. He carried a sledgehammer under his arm. He won't do you any harm. And then they poke their bony fingers into your belly button or something like they're tickling you. It was a horrific game. We've done it with all of our dogs. Yes, our dogs love it. They love it. Yeah, yeah. Anyway... It's kind of like that. And when you wait, when they finish the rhyme, and you've got your finger just hanging there in the air. Oh, the anticipation. They they get so excited. They get so excited. (laughs) So, rich man, poor man, beggar man, thief, doctor, lawyer, Indian chief. Turns out when Clark Kent was a wee thing in the home of Ma and Paul Kent, Mm -hmm. they were playing that game with him as a comet flew by. Right? Uh,. And he committed it to memory, yes. sort of, you know, the rhyme. Recalling that childhood incident, Superman played a hunch and glanced skyward with his X-ray vision. Mm-hmm. That strange comet again, just like Halley's Comet. It repeats its orbit after a number of years. It must have wandered here from Krypton's solar system, or it couldn't affect me. So, uh, Well, he's haunted by stuff from Krypton all the yeah. time, isn't he? Somehow, that comet affected him post-hypnotically as a child. When it reappeared, it influenced me subconsciously to act out the various roles in the rhyme, just not in order, I R- guess. Yeah, so he played a rich man by uh, when he went to the country club, then yep. a poor man as a hobo, yep. then a, well, the beggar man the as beggar well. Man. Beggar mm-hmm. man, um, helping the needy, he had that sign, help the needy. Then um, he was an Indian chief, he was a doctor and a lawyer. And um, finally a thief. And finally a thief, Yes. Um, he realized, of course, that was the missing piece, that he'd be forced to act as a thief, and that's why he went to the FBI. Who knew that a comet from Kryptonite would bring out his inner thespian? <laughs> well, uh, he did. Um, well, he figured it out. I'm going to write a sequel to this story. What are you going to call it? Fat Man, Skinny Man, Garbage Man, Creep, Drag Queen, Gigolo, Little Bo Peep. <laughs> did you make that up? Yes. <laughs> um... The ancient wise men used to say, Superman thinks as he flies off, that a man's destiny was controlled by heavenly bodies. I thought that was a su- silly superstition, but now I'm beginning to wonder. Da-da-da-da-da-da. The Bye. end. But don't go away. 
Because we've got a Supergirl story coming up. Don't we ever. It's the best. is bonkers. I am loving this issue so far. It's Good great. for you. Yep. That makes one of us. Be right back. Busy, 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 running, 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 dizzy, 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 gotta get the biggest story of her life. Lois Lane! Lois Lane! Gotta get the story, gotta, gotta get the story, gotta, 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 gotta get the story, it'll be the biggest glory story of her life! Lois give this Supergirl story all the attention it deserves. Oh, are we you done? You can find us on social media. <laughs> <laughs> this story. This fucking story. Deserves a sip of my French martini, which my husband just made for me. Mm, let's sip that. Mouth noises. Ready? Mm. It's so sweet. Yes, we don't have them very often. Do you know how to make French martini, Bob? <clears throat> well, I Excuse know me. you put some vodka in and some razzmatazz and pineapple juice. Yes, for two, for two of them, I use uh, three shots of vodka, uh-huh. uh, one shot of raspberry liqueur, uh-huh. one shot of pineapple juice, yeah. shaken in a martini shaker, okay. poured into two glasses, and then topped off with as much as you'd like of Prosecco. Okay. I'd maybe it's very sweet. Yeah, I'd make it a half shot each of raspberry and pineapple juice. Agreed. I the when you left one, when you we'll left try. the kitchen, uh-huh. I added more prosecco to my drink. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that yeah, that'll cut the sweetness. You know what else um cuts sweetness in things? Vanilla ice cream. Ew, ew. Ew, David. So, Listen, okay, so what? this this I I I really liked the Superman issue yeah and this supergirl issue just in the context of the entire issue i'm sorry this supergirl story in context of the entire action comics mm-hmm. issue is just equally as charming and stupid as the other one is yeah it is I it's mean, a little more stupid than the other one right but it's i mean it's it's a bit it's honestly a bit of foppery 
Well, I have some problems with the the things that we often have problems with, which are products of their time. I have the biggest problem with the one word, astronet. Um, I also have a problem that basically all the resolutions to all the problems are based on science, when in fact the entire premise of the story revolves around a green sun, which is not something that exists. Not that you know of. I know. I do know. There's no such thing as a green sun. Well, man had been to the moon by this time. Just. No, no. 66? 69. Oh, my. We've oh, I'm so this embarrassed. Before. I'm so embarrassed. Oh, my goodness. Oh. Greatest regret of my life that I wasn't allowed to stay awake to watch the moon landing. Can I tell you something that yeah. you may not know? Mm-hmm. You know, my sister was born. Um, she died during the childbirth mm-hmm. process and revived and was permanently brain damaged. from the right. child- So everything came very slowly to her. Right. She took her first steps. The day that man walked on the moon. Wow. And my mother saved the newspaper from that, wrapped it up in paper, and then wrapped it uh, that in tape. Mm-hmm. And someday I'll get that, but it's probably it's just a uh, you know, crumbly mess. Well, and the mice have gotten to it by now, probably. Anyway, I think it's... Did you Considering ever... how, how difficult my sister's life has been, right. I think it's very significant that she took her, her steps the first day that man walked on the moon. Sure. Can I break the mood a little bit? Break the mood? We're talking about French martinis and walking on the moon. Have you ever seen that onion headline which says, holy shit, man walks on fucking moon? (laughs) No. How can we talk about man walking on the moon without quoting your mother? Okay, listeners. Sorry, listener. (laughs) My mother, who lived during the moon landing, also lived during many of the scientific advancements of the 20th century, like television and polio vaccine, did not believe that the moon landing was real. Till the end of her life, she believed it had been faked in a movie studio. She used to say, moon schmoon, no one walked on it. So there's that. Yes. Um, Despite the fact that famed astronaut and Ohio Senator John Glenn lived down the street from us when he was in the Senate. It's absolutely true. You used to see him running. Sure. He jogged every day. He was a health nut, you know. Mm-hmm. A lot of good it did him. He's dead now. Well, I'm sure he lived a very good life. <laughs> the idea is not the destination. It's the journey. You know John Glenn and I share an alma mater, <laughs> Muskingum University. Big debate online this week whether it's pronounced Muskingum or Muskingum. It's, oh, really mu- it's deb- Muskingum. Spoiler alert. Right. Yeah. Like um, Sayada. Sayota. Sayota, mm-hmm. right, which is like... S-C-I-O-T-O. Yeah, which is should be like Shoto. Well, no, it's Sayota. Yeah, right, whatever. Um, anyway, okay, so Supergirl. The green, okay, so after she crash lands a test spacecraft in a far-off solar system with a green sun, you would expect Supergirl to lose her superpowers, which she only possesses under a yellow sun. But what's this? Is the Girl of Steel actually displaying super abilities anyway? Read on and learn the secret of this and other feats performed on a world of weird flora and fauna by the Green Sun Supergirl. That's good. Thank now, you. I have a, also a disagreement with the text because it says her superpowers only exist under a yellow sun. Well, it's my understanding that it was established that... Uh, 
the reason they have superpowers under yellow sun is because the yellow sun is hotter than the red sun of Krypton. Okay. And thus, <clears throat> Superman and Supergirl et al. would possess superpowers under hotter suns. So like a blue sun or a... A white sun. White a white dwarf, dwarf star. They star. would possess even greater superpowers. And then perhaps in an, under an orange sun, they would possess slightly less superpowers. I am just becoming a little concerned that I might get drunk before the end of this story. It wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> we'll try to make it quick. <clears throat> I So this opens up at Stanhope College, which I did know that Supergirl, in her identity as Linda Lee Danvers, went to Stanhope College. But I don't remember her. In the last story we saw of Supergirl, she was in that beauty pageant, right? Right. And she was living with her parents. Well, and maybe now she she's was... living in the dorm. I just didn't remember perhaps that she it... was already in college. Perhaps it was a summer summer you know break. Right, right. Yeah. Sure, sure, yeah. sure. So um, I, I, I imagine you're going to talk about the bottom right panel. Yes. Uh, the girls at Stanhope, they're in the dormitory lounge. Watching the telly, which is quite big for its year. Quite a large screen for its year. Oh, I don't know. It had pretty large screens back in the in day. the sixties. Yeah, sure. Oh, Those big console sets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, um, we were poor. Maybe we had old CDs. Well, right. I had a twelve-inch black and white TV in my house until nineteen eighty-six. Yeah. Uh, so NASA has announced that they are performing space rendezvous tasks. Men, that is. But we also hope to train girl astronauts for such a project, and we have designed spacesuits for them. Supergirl has kindly consented to test the new astronaut suit. Yes, so they're using us. a feminine ending for that. Um, I Honestly, I think it would be better if they just called them girl astronauts. Or like the the lady mercury seven or something yeah you know there were female astronauts who were training at the same time as were there the the original male astronauts but then they decided they wouldn't send ladies to space why because they're ladies you know how men are horrible so we go to the next page and um a couple of her of of um, linda's linda lee's danvers now she's adopted i'm sorry linda Danvers mm-hmm. friends who are, are apparently in this sorority, she only gets the most severe, uh, ugliest friends. This is obviously the field hockey team's uh, dormitory. I don't. I, I don't mean ugly in the sense of, of no, no, of no, not like ugly. Ugly facial features, like like ugly as in personalities. They look like they're bitches. Oh yeah, don't they? Like yeah. they're drawn. They're mean. We don't like right. the word bitch anymore, but we'll just say that they're... Um, oh, it must be the drink. Beauty is as beauty does, as my mother would say. <laughs> I know you're not going to edit that out, and I'm going to wish that you had. But they, 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 they look like they're really catty. Like they're drawn with those very severe facial features that make them look very masculine and yet feminine at the same time. Uh-huh. Like, they're, like they're really... And they're gossiping on this upper left-hand uh, uh, panel. Right. Yeah. Uh, a person of your sort of age can't be expected to change l- a lifetime of habits. So here's my favorite panel. What? Supergirl <clears throat> is arriving for her test shot into space mm-hmm. one minute before takeoff. <laughs> hey, T they, minus one mi- minute and counting. They did a pretty good uh, rendition of what the Space Coast looks like, didn't they? Oh, yeah. Cape Kennedy. Yeah. Gateway to space. Yeah. Uh, and my launch rocket is nearing the end of the countdown. <laughs> Time enough for me to arrive and get fitted for my 
specially designed spacesuit. T minus one minute and counting. High on the gantry, where there are still mortal people standing on the gantry who are going to be incinerated and killed as soon as the rocket takes off in less than a minute now. Uh, uh, we've seen launches. They don't have time to no. actually clear the launch pad no. before that thing goes. So clearly they're, they're sacrificing their lives for this mission. They're cleared hours before the <laughs> countdown starts. Yes, because at this point in time, the astronauts are peeing in their spacesuits because yeah. uh, because they can't get up and go to the bathroom. Right, right, right. Yeah. Oh, gross. Do you think Supergirl's peeing in there? I, I think she uses super bladder control. I'm imagining that since this uh, outfit was designed by men, it's got all sorts of horrible contra- contraptions and things and lady things that... <laughs> Probably, probably like they didn't think because they're men there. They didn't want to ask her if she's having her lady time. So right. they probably built a giant diaper into it. Yeah, yeah. And because it's Supergirl, they made it huge. Right. Right. Like a giant Modest kit <laughs> with hooks and rings. Like, and... like a pillow. <laughs> like what you sleep with. <laughs> because it's designed by male scientists who don't know anything. Uh, <laughs> I would be so fitting for their first astronaut outfit, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> like a and those kind of bras from the fifties that were conical and shaped like rocket tips. <laughs> That's the worst. Anyway, the bad news is that she gets into space and goes on her spacewalk. Uh Her EVA, as Mm. the male scientist explains, stands for extravehicular activity. I wonder if they wrote it on 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 an index card so she could memorize (laughs) it. (laughs) And she looks Um, at it and she's like, oh, it's worse than that. What what, what what, is that? That stands for extravehicular activity or leaving the spacecraft. Right? Yeah, no shit, Dick Tracy. I get it. <laughs> she's like, she's. They enter the the index card with EVA equals extravehicular. Uh, where, where is activity that? Activity equals leaving the spacecraft. Right? And she's like, in her mind, she's like, these fucking men. You know. <laughs> uh, anyway, the bad news is the spacesuit fails. Uh, micrometeorites puncture her suit and put holes in it. And if she were not Supergirl, right. she would be dead. She'd be dead. So yeah. good thing they didn't send a nice. monkey or a dog up or anything. Thanks, men. Thanks, white engineer men. Now she goes back inside the rocket and takes the now defunct spacesuit off. Useless. Um, and uh, now wants to start the retro rockets for re-entry to Earth. Wait! What's going on? What Something happens? Something wrenched the craft around as if in the grip of powerful forces. Well, here in space, you can't feel the space of being wrenched around. You can only look at your instrument panel and see that it's moving in a different direction. Mm. There's no gravity in a spaceship. But if their thrusters are kicked on, don't they feel, don't they push back on their seats even without gravity? Um, well, at least when I was in space, uh, that was, <laughs> wait, oh, that was the movie Space Camp. I just thought, imagined I was there for a minute. Well, I've been to space. You have? Yes, I've been to Epcot Center so many times. That's a ride. That's not actual space. It's Mission just a Mars? ride called space. Oh, that's actually Disney World. Mission to Mars. Mission to Mars is in, yeah, Tomorrowland. And I've been to space. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, in my mind. Uh-huh, sure. Yeah. Uh, anyway, she's being pulled into the uh, warp stream of space, which is also not a thing. Yes, you have your hand up. Um, Rob? Thank you. Um, was, was Star Trek on television at this time? Yeah. 
Probably had been on for about just almost a, a full season. As we all know, I wasn't born yet. Oh, no, actually, no, wait. No, it started in 66. Okay, so, so I'm, asking, think, I'm asking because of the term warp stream. Well, that is this is in, important. I'm going to look it up. Mm-hmm. I think it might have... I know it debuted in 1966, and it may have actually uh, debuted in the spring. But I will let the internet settle it. So the Star Trek series was based... Was it based on a novel by Gene Roddenberry, or did Oh, no, he, he just developed the TV show. Okay, okay, thank you. So, and forgive me, listener, who uh, who knows everything. Um, I, I don't know everything. So the reason I'm asking is, where did the term warp stream come from? Because when I read that, I thought, oh, is that, is that a little nod to... I mean, where does the term warp come from? Uh, I mean, is that an old comic-y term? Is that like a Jules Verne? Hold on, hold on. Okay, all right. Uh, I don't have my um, phone with me. I can't search online. I Although I do have my... This Wikipedia article is very confusing. Well, I, let me look. I'll go do another, a different search for warp. The original series. Star Trek's American Scientific Intelligence Career by Gene Monterey. You know what happened to Season one. The first regular episode of Star Trek... Aired on Thursday, September 8th, 1966. So, no, it had not premiered yet at the time of this comic. Okay, let's see. Listen. What are you looking up? uh, The term warp, the Uh origin of the term warp as a verb um, um, to become or cause to become bent or twisted. That's not what it is. Okay. Two, to move a ship along by hauling a rope attached to a stationary object on shore. In weaving, to arrange yarn so as to form the warp of a piece of cloth. Cover, as in land, a deposit of alluvial soil by natural or artificial flooding. The general concept of warp drive was introduced by John W. Campbell in his 1931 novel, (gasps) Islands of Space. Wow, 1931? Yeah. Okay. So, uh, this story is written by Otto Binder, longtime comic writer and science fiction writer, so he would have been familiar with the scientific Thank term. you, you are for finding that. I'm so excited. We've all learned something today, haven't we? Yes, we well, have. Well, all three of us, you, me, See and the listener. See you next week. Uh, so she's being pulled out of the Milky Way galaxy okay. and swept far from Earth. But where to? I'll stick with the ship. It costs the taxpayers $10 million. She's a good American girl. She is a good American. I wish I could find that where you are right oh, now. Oh, I'm at the page three, top of the panel. Thank you. It doesn't matter because she's being pulled to the world with the green I sun. I got it. Got it. Okay. She crash lands on a world with a green sun and uh, realizes that she can't reactivate the ship without some radioactive material. Well, not only that, before she, I mean, when she crash lands, she literally crash lands. Yes, she is ejected from the ship. And. Bleeding She's hurt and bruised. Luckily, oh god, I don't know. Wait, wait, pause. Yes, how are we going to talk about this? We'll just uh, dive right in. Okay, here we go. Suddenly, something splashes in her face. Those <laughs> <laughs> are the words right from the comic. Would you like to do her voice? Huh. I'm reviving. Is this some sort of golden rain? Or otherwise known as Golden Shower, (laughs) reviving her from her crash landing concussion or whatever it is. Right. 
And, um, and it's even worse than I thought. And when I read that, I thought, oh, she's being rained upon by golden shower yeah. from, from clouds that are transforming the energy of the green sun into... Yeah. Nope, nope, uh-huh. nope, nope. Because here come the natives of this planet. They've just been spraying her with a hose. <laughs> They've got these trees... Uh, which have hoses coming off of them, which they milk for the golden nectar. Uh, they're speaking with her. So she crash landed. They yes. found her. They they took a uh, a hose, yeah, or, and they milked the tree, milked the tree, and squirted it all over her, all over her face, golden, golden nectar. Rain. And also now they're shoving the hose down her mouth so she can drink it because that's also their food. And also, they're spreading it all over her skin because it's also a golden ointment, which heals all wounds. So it's kind of like buying. Okay, so let's say, for example, you get into an accident, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the medics come to you uh, in their in their in their in their vehicle, mm-hmm. and they take a giant tub of oil of ole. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And they start. They they they. Blew it at you. They go. Pss, 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 right. Well, yeah. And and then they smear it all over your skin, and uh-huh. then they make you eat it. Yeah. And they say this comes from a tree on Earth. Yeah, and it not only will heal you and heal your wounds, you need to eat it. Well, actually, and this is true. Do you know what the most perfect food on Earth is? Wait, I'd like a hint, please. Uh, it looks like a penis. A banana? Uh huh. Most perfect food. Uh, if you had to survive only on one kind of food, you should choose banana. Really? Yeah. So uh, it's like if you had took a banana and peeled it and like shoved it repeatedly in someone's <laughs> mouth. Stop it. So we are really you, like, stop. smashed it into their face because it's good for their skin. And then also pulverized it and then splashed it on the <laughs> face. We've got an adult language warning. We're fine. Uh, we have an adult language warning, but I hope to God that no one listens to this and takes this seriously. Okay, so anyway, moments later, miraculously... She feels great. Why, my bruises are healed! Yes, ah! uh, yes queen! She, she does not want to reveal that her name is Supergirl because she's just too much trouble to explain her superpowers and why they're not. Why she doesn't have superpowers? They ask her, um, where are you from? How do you suddenly appear in our world, Lumal? And she says, I came in that spacecraft from Earth. Would they call me Super G? Super G? <laughs> she chokes on her own words. Right. Uh, we got to move along because my iPad's running out of memory. Let's go. Uh, so she discovers a lot about this world. She finds that there are pits of priceless jewels which are guarded by dragons. Yep. Dragon, um, Drago monsters. Drago monsters, yes. Dragonettes. Do you need we power? Is that what you need? Them. No. Okay. Well, yeah, eventually, but it's fine. Uh, also, there's a race of evil-eyed people who live underground who collect taxes from the poor peasants on the surface. And they shoot fire out of their eyes. Yeah, they shoot fire. If they don't pay the taxes, they, they burn their They just set their, their houses down. on fire. Um, Supergirl realizes that she has to do something. She grabs, uh, so uh, she runs to the uh, remains of the burning hut and pulls out, unfortunately, a sheet of plastic. Yeah, so the the huts have these plastic windows, and she discovers that the plastic does not burn. She's come to a medieval-like society, a serf-like society, Mm -hmm. where they use stones as currency. They live in huts. That burn with fire, burn right. down to the ground with fire, but they use plastic for their windows. Right. All of this is important because you have to remember what's coming next. Mm-hmm. So she uh, runs to the spacecraft. Luckily, all spacecraft have backup devices in case any part fails. So there's no harm in me pulling out all these gears and wires things. Yep, rip, 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 rip. That's not what I saw on Apollo 13. 
Uh, that's true. Mm-hmm. Nothing fits together. Right. Uh, she takes a bunch of stuff. She makes a super magnet. She realizes that the priceless diamonds in the dragon pits are magnetic because they're of actually the made. Color. Of, they're made of red. They, inc- red they contain hematite. Yes. Red hematite, which has iron, and therefore they can use. She can use the electromagnet to pull it out. Science fact number one. So she pulls some diamonds out of the pit with her magnet and gives it to the tax collector, so he won't burn down the houses anymore. Then she gets uh, and, and as repayment, and she says, "I need." She says to the to the to the to the villagers, "I need to get this." Um, element right radioactive radioactive material and they say in order to get home and they draw her a map right right so she sets off on her journey first place she comes is to the spike throwing trees spike throwing trees so instead of hoses these trees have spikes which they shoot out they also have scary faces like the trees in the wizard Wizard of oz Oz. yep yep yep. are you saying my apples aren't what they ought to be So she defeats them, or she outsmarts them, by creating a... Oh, we forgot to mention that this, the golden nectar out of the plants uh, sticky. turns sticky. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's probably best that we don't even talk about that anymore. Right, but, right. Except for what uh, we're except up to. Except for that she takes all the stone money and the sticky golden fluid and uh, creates, creates a, a bulletproof vest. A bulletproof vest, which protects her from the spikes from the trees. Right. The next thing she does is she comes to the running ant men. The, there's a also we should mention there's a race of ant men. They all have uh, four four legs, four legged four legged ant men. Yes, well, and two arms, so six. Well, legs. Six, yes, six yeah. legs. Yeah. So um, these uh, ant men pull fossilized logs with their with women with female the, ant. Right, the women. females ride on the logs while the males pull them. I thought perhaps she would craft some wheels for them, but nope. Nope, she just hops on a log. Catches a ride. Takes a ride. But she does rescue a baby ant person. Yes, because there's a baby ant in the way of one of the logs. So, though non-super, Supergirl can still use acrobatic tricks. Just like Batwoman. Yeah, we get a nice shout-out to Batwoman. Mm -hmm. Uh, Batwoman, of course, at this time is Kathy Kane. And was probably not ever going to appear after this point because we get the new Batgirl soon. But Mm -hmm. it's a nice shout-out. So her next um, uh, obstacle to overcome is the giant acorns, which are full of uh, poisonous gas. Poisonous gas. Poisonous gas. So if she walks, she disturbs the ground in such a way that the giant acorns fall and they release their poisonous gas. So she decides to crawl. This is another problem I have. So if she just steps along the ground, it shakes the trees and the giant acorns. All she would have to do is consult the Native Americans that Superman had spoken to in the last issue. Yes, Princess Paleflower. Yes, Princess Paleflower could show her how to walk and not disturb the leaves. Um, right? Well, we should also mention that these acorns are about three stories high. Yes. And so I'm not sure how they can be dislodged by her walking along the ground. But They're extremely mm-hmm. temperamental acorns. But if you're crawling on the ground, you're also exerting force against the ground. Indeed. Yes. It's stupid. So now we go to the bottom right-hand corner there. Um after leaving the giant forest, Supergirl approaches the greatest danger of all. The pit. The one opening into the underground where the weird-eyed... Evil-eyed people, ones. Evil-eyed live. ones live. There's only one entrance that they have from the underground to the surface. So she just decides, I'm going to walk up and try to get my way in, yeah. right? <clears throat> Good for her. And the evil-eyed guy shoots flames at her, but she's completely unharmed. Why? Because uh, it's a horse thing. 
jumps in front of the beam and is killed instead of her. No, no, you're on the wrong page. I am? No, uh, I'm sorry, middle panel. Yeah? She covers herself in a dry cleaning bag. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the plastic that the windows are made of, Mm -hmm. she has taken that and crafted a sort of astronaut suit around herself, which is impervious to flame. Which is essentially what you're not supposed to do with your children, which is allow them to play with a dry cleaning bag. Well, you remember the first Supergirl story we saw was her uh, babysitting the orphans, and there was an orphan with a plastic bag over its head, and she had to burn it with heat vision. Right. Oh, that was one. That was an 80-page giant. Right. Yeah. Hmm. She should know better than that. Well, I wonder about these writers. Well, of course she doesn't have to breathe, so it's fine. Oh, wait, but she's on the planet with the green sun, so all bets are off. Do you suppose these writers are all into auto-asphyxiation? <laughs> yeah. Probably. I mean. Anyway. Okay, sorry. We uh, you, you won't edit that out, will you? No. Okay. One of the evil-eyed creatures grabs her and tosses her off a cliff and is amazed when she just harmlessly floats down. She's using her dry cleaning bag. Yeah, she's to got actually the dry cleaning bag as, as a, a parasail. Parachute. A parachute, yeah. A parasail, yes. Yeah. More accurate. So, uh, evil-eyed guy uses his fire beams. To break off part of the cliff to fall on her, kind of like you would see with Wiley e. Coyote yeah. and Roadrunner, right? And then this is the part that I'm like, okay, this did not happen this quickly. What? When she telepathically summons her aunt friends? Exactly. Before she lands, right. they have pulled over two logs, brought a gas-filled acorn, and created a catapult. I mean, now you've seen ants move. They're pretty quick. And not that fast. Okay, I'm just, uh, I know I have to sort of just go with it. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they... The dogs um, are trying to break into the room. <laughs> they create a catapult with one of the acorns. The acorn flies up, perfectly landing in the one hole that is the entrance... To the evil-eyed to people. To the evil-eyed people. That's it. Like, they are enslaved in the ground forever. Unless they break through the gas-filled acorn, which would kill them. Gas, yeah. Yes. So she gets her so radio. So she's trapped this entire race yeah. in the ground forever. Well, I mean, they live under the ground. I they could probably tunnel up a different way. Or, you know, they're prob- they can live underground. It's not killing them unless they have to. It's like dolphins. And they have to come up every seven minutes for air or something. Agreed to disagree. So now we go to the next page. <laughs> she gets her radioactive material. She blasts off in her rocket back to Earth and gets her powers back under the yellow sun. And then she decides to take another look back at the planet. She and Superman can both do this, and I have such a problem with this. Well, you're just going to have to get over it because it's going to happen in any story that Superman and Supergirl go into space and then want to look back on the civilization that they've just visited. All right, well... Fine. Agree to disagree. Mm. Uh, so they find that although she introduced herself as Linda on the alien world, the they people on the on the planet Luna, Luna, Lunesta. Let's call it Luna. Let's call it Lunesta. Okay. Uh, they have decided to call her Supergirl, and they've built a monument in her honor because she's a super girl. Because her superpowers freed us from our cruel masters. She's the best. Obviously, Linda must have super jumped from the glass pit when she took the singing crystals. Mm -hmm. She flew off the cliff. I saw it. She is invulnerable to weapons and and immune immune to to flame flame beams. Only she could have super hurled that giant acorn. Well, thanks for acknowledging the Ant-Men, humans. 
Great Krypton, all my non-super tricks in their eyes were super feats. I was still a Supergirl, even under a green sun. <laughs> <laughs> I just imagine she laughs like that. No, she has a lovely laugh. Are you sure? I'm sure. She's not like her wicked sorority friends. Well, that's the end. Well, It I, does have a certain charm to it. Please I, tell me you enjoyed admit. this. I just thought it was adorable. I just didn't enjoy that the writer took so much, so many pains to be scientifically accurate with the way she was creating the superpowers and then starts off the whole story with a green sun. Hmm. I didn't like Astronet. Uh, no. no. Nobody liked that. No. I prefer girl astronaut. How about just astronaut? <laughs> but it's a different Small time. steps, okay. Right, because now, I mean, now we, don't as- we don't ascribe a gender to something like that. Right. Yeah, but back but then I guess still they still say waitress. Do we say server? Server is mm, a gender neutral term. Not in this part of the country, but oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you can find us on social media at Google Check Pod. You can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast downloads from, and you can come right back here every week. We're here mostly, unless we take a break when, without announcing it. <laughs> uh, Thank you for listening. Yes. Honestly, thank you. We'll thank you more if you rate and review. Uh, that's it for this week. Bye. Bye.